why it is 4.30 on a Thursday, time again for Everything Under the Sun. I'm Raleigh Burley, and this week, Katie and Kay's own Boston Bruce is interviewed on the Chutzpod podcast about his experience as a Jewish Santa. The podcast is hosted by Rabbi Shira Stutman of the Aspen Jewish Congregation and journalist Hannah Rawson of The Atlantic. Please enjoy this post-holiday special. Hello and welcome back to Chutzpod, Real Life Lived Better, where each week we apply Jewish tradition and a little bit of frankincense and myrrh to answer a letter sent by you, the listener, about an issue that is live in your life. I'm Rabbi Shira Stutman. And I'm Hannah Rosen. Please keep sending us your questions. We love them. We are loving them. Send them to chutzpod at gmail.com. Hannah. Yeah. How do you celebrate Christmas? Uh, You know, in the most comically stereotypical way, I'll do a shout out to Peter Chang's, our favorite Chinese restaurant. I call for, you know, I wake up at like six in the morning to make sure I can get in my Peter Chang's order because that's what my son is really into. I get Chinese food. I enjoy the quiet. I mean, it's just like a comical American stereotype. Now, of course, now I have a partner who is not Jewish who has like really cute nephews. So I'm reconsidering because they're so cute that like I kind of want to, you know, see them get excited and run down the stairs and all those things you read about in uh, Christian propaganda booklets. Um, (laughs) Start the complaint letters coming. Anyway, exactly. So I'm reconsidering. How about you? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's it's sort of like President's Day. You know, it's a day that you're off of work or school. So it's a little bit different than a sort of typical weekday. But other than that, it's like, all right, you can't go to the store because it's closed, but we sort of just go about our lives. So have you traditionally made it up with Hanukkah? Like, do you make a big deal of Hanukkah in your family? Oh, Hanukkah. Yeah. I hate Hanukkah so much. (laughs) (laughs) You should make a Hanukkah song called I Hate Hanukkah. I mean, do you hate it for the normal reasons that it's that a rabbi would hate it? Like it's a made up holiday in order to give presents to Jewish children so they won't feel left out. And that's so lame. Is that why you hate it or for some other reason? Well, I will say that Hanukkah has a very different resonance for me this year as a holiday of military victory than it does in years past. But yeah, what I hate about Hanukkah is the fact that it's a minor Jewish holiday. And I would much rather our family goes all out on Passover or even, to be honest, on Shavuot than on Hanukkah. So it's not made up. It's a real holiday. It's just that it's been increased in import given that we live in America these days. And America is, for all intents and purposes, a Christian country. Now, that being said, I'm one of those people who actually is grateful when there's a menorah or Hanukkah set up next to a Christmas tree. But it's just not such a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I just had for the first time a visceral experience of what it's like to be the child of a rabbi. You know how like you go trick or treating and like everybody gives treats and then there's the one neighbor that gives you a toothbrush. That's what it's like if you're trying to get your Hanukkah presents and your rabbi mom is like, well, how about Shavuos kids? Like, can we save it for Shavuos? This is very live in my family right now because 
as you know, we have three kids. My youngest child, her love language is gifts, unlike anyone else in our family system. And so this year she made a PowerPoint for Hanukkah and it was, it was (laughs) pathetic, but I mean it in the sense of pathos, like my heart broke for her that she wanted to be like all of her friends who get thousands of dollars worth of gifts for Christmas. And so I sort of broke and I bought her more than by far than I bought for all my other kids because she shouldn't have to suffer in that way. She shouldn't have to suffer. Anyway, I promise we're talking about this for a reason. And that is that our letter writer, I absolutely love this letter. This is related to the holidays. Bruce asks, my wife and I are Jewish. For a number of years, I've been portraying Santa Claus at different holiday events. Recently, I've appeared twice as Santa to greet kids at local events. Our town isn't very Jewish. I really enjoy being Santa, and I think it's fun, especially getting to chat with kids. My daughter and sister, however, feel strongly that the event organizers should find someone else to be Santa, and that I, or any Jew, should not be doing this. So there's a part two, but let's start there. (laughs) This is amazing. Jews and Christmas. Let's start from the text perspective. (laughs) What is it that Jews have to say about Bruce's Christian neighbors who love to celebrate Christmas? First of all, I want to just from the bottom of my heart, thank Bruce for sending in this letter, which has given us so much joy. I do want to say that there is a part of me that wonders if Bruce's sister and daughter are Orthodox Jews. Because the truth is, in the Jewish legal tradition, there are some laws against helping, quote unquote, idol worshipers celebrate their holidays. And for a long time, up until today, for many very traditional Jews, Christianity, because of the Trinity, is considered among the religions that are idol worshipers. So, Theoretically, my guess is this is not the case for the sister and the daughter, but theoretically they could be saying it's against Jewish law to help them celebrate their holiday. Why are you doing it? Okay, but like what if he what if the kids came on his lap and he told them they were idol worshipers? All the little kids in the town. Like would that be a compromise? Well, actually, no. that leads you're making a joke, but that leads to one of the reasons given in Jewish tradition for Jews not to get overly involved with non-Jews which is because we could do something wrong and it could get us killed, right? Mm. So when you say this jokingly, I'm like, right. So he's in his predominantly non-Jewish town. The kids come on his lap. He says, you're an idol worshiper. Then the townsmen (laughs) get killed and then they kill Bruce, right? Like, So we're saying this sort of laughingly, but remember for the majority of Jewish history, that actually was not a funny joke. That was something that actually Mm -hmm. could happen, that a Jew could somehow misstep and- The times of the Christian holidays, historically and factually, Christmas and especially Easter, were times when Jews would get killed for one reason or another. There would be pogroms, there would be anti-Jewish, whatever. And so maybe there is a fear that sort of, it's the same fear that my grandmother used to hold, that Jews getting too overly involved in the ways of the Goyim can get us into Mm -hmm. trouble. Interesting. Is there any specific teaching about Christians? Yes. There are many texts about Christians specifically, often using the language of idol worshipers and sometimes using other euphemisms 
that the rabbis would use in ancient times so as not to get Jews killed when Christians actually read our sacred texts. Again, I feel the need to continue to contextualize this for two reasons. First of all, like, it, it's embarrassing to me as a Jew that there are so many ancient rabbis that said terrible things about Christians. And second of all, mm -hmm. because for the majority of Jewish history, Christians used Christianity as a reason to kill Jews. Wait, I'm a little confused, though, Shira. Are the Jewish texts about Christians primarily responding to a fear? Or do they have something to say about Christians apart from they're probably going to kill us? Yes. Both. Kana, I am not a scholar of medieval Jewish history, right? Or even of rabbinic mm -hmm. Jewish history. So I don't want to get too far above my own pay grade. But the truth is, there's part of it that's coming from the fact that Christians were oppressing Jews and killing them in the name of Christianity. And this was our way of saying F you. And there's a mm -hmm. part of it that was a fundamental Jewish belief that what Christians were practicing in the form of the Trinity was no longer monotheism. Right. They're mm -hmm. both true. And I don't know how we can untie one from the other. So it's both theological and sociological. It's both lived experience and textual belief. Right. Because remember the time period in which the Talmud was actually written and codified. Jesus, theoretically, as we celebrate on Christmas, was born at zero CE. The Mm -hmm. Jews were exiled from the land of Israel in 70 to 100 CE, depending on how you're tracking. What we call Christianity today was actually for a while just part of Judaism until it separated, mm -hmm. at which point the Jews were like, whoa, this is getting a little bit too big. We didn't want it. We don't want to separate into two separate religions. And then by 400 CE, Christianity had become the official religion of the empire and Jews were starting to be oppressed in a significant way. The Talmud was written and then codified around five or 600 CE. So everything is happening at once. The sort of creation right. of a new religion, the theological differences, the movement of Jesus from being just a rabble rousing rabbi to, as some believed, being the son of God. It's all happening at the same time. And then the oppression of the Jews on top of it all. Oh, by the way, and the exile of Jews from the land of Israel and having to recreate in their entire religion in the diaspora. Right. So that makes a lot of sense why what's happening historically and what's happening theologically get kind of blended with each other and inform each other. That is the baggage of ancient history. Now let's bring it down to earth. I am pretty sure that you have counseled interfaith couples, that you have encountered Jews in your life who, for whatever reason, because of where they grew up, because of their parents' wishes, because of their partners, flirt with or do celebrate Christmas. So from that perspective, do you have any advice? Oh, I have a lot of advice. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, look, Hannah, when I first started out as a rabbi, if an interfaith couple had come to me and said, we're building a Jewish home, but we also celebrate Christmas, I would have said, that's not possible. Christmas is a Christian holiday celebrating the birth of Jesus, who is the son of God. And there is no way to divorce the contemporary American celebration of Christmas from Jesus. I would have said the Christmas tree, the sap from the tree represents Jesus's blood on the cross, etc., etc., etc. Once you're celebrating Christmas in your home, you're done. 
Interesting. Luckily Harsh. for the okay. people that I've counseled recently, rather than the first 15 years of my career, I now have changed my tune. And what I'll say is this. I am never going to encourage a Jewish family to celebrate Christmas in their home. And at the same time, if they do, I recognize how someone can separate the contemporary American celebration of Christmas from the fact that like the origins of mistletoe might have come from a pagan tradition that celebrated sexual licentiousness and all sorts of things that go against Jewish values. Like you can put them in their contemporary context and realize that they are drained of some of the the weight and significance that they have historically. It hasn't disappeared, but it's just very faded. And so you can see two realities where there's one historically infused vision of Christmas tree mistletoe, and then there's another kind of faded Hallmarkian contemporary American view in which this symbolism is kind of drained out of it. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, okay, let's move to part two of this letter. Now remember, we're talking about Bruce, who wants to play Santa, and his daughter and sister who don't think he should. They think it's anti-Jewish and are angry about it. Since they both get into it with my wife and me, my response is that I'm doing a mitzvah, a good deed for the others of the world. It reminds me of the Shabbos Goy who used to turn the lights on and off at the synagogue. Is it appropriate for a Jewish person to be Santa? Is it anti-Jewish or is it a mitzvah? So let's address the anti-Jewish part first. What do you think about the daughter-sister argument that it is anti-Jewish of Bruce to put on a Santa Claus costume? I am curious what they mean by the term anti-Jewish. If they mean, is it somehow anti-Semitic that he's even asked to put on the costume? Then I have a rant for you for another time about how accusations of anti-Semitism have just gotten out of whack with reality in a way that doesn't serve the Jews. We are overusing the accusation of anti-Semitism. And at the end, it will cause people to tune out and think less about anti-Semitism rather than have them think about it in the ways that we want to think about it and address it in the ways we want them to address it. And, and an example to me is, for instance, what we just saw happen in Virginia, which is canceling a public Hanukkah menorah lighting in the town square because of the war in Israel. That is anti-Semitism because it is taking a thousands-year-old Jewish holiday that uh, arguably doesn't have anything to do with the contemporary war in Israel and punishing American Jews for it. So that's mm -hmm. like a really mm -hmm. clear example. That said, our letter writer's example of a Jew serving as Santa is not an example of anti-Semitism. Okay, that's helpful. So Bruce, is it okay for Bruce to do this or not? Given everything we've just discussed, let's bring it back. So the idea of Jews performing roles for Christians on Christmas is, of course, a very big part of American culture. I'm sure there are a thousand doctors right now who say, well, I work every year on Christmas because I don't celebrate Christmas. So Bruce's question is, is he's specifically performing a role that some might argue helps Christians celebrate their religion in a way that is distinct from a firefighter who is Jewish going on duty on December 25th so that their fellow firefighters can celebrate Christmas with their families. 
in the way many a Jewish songwriter has written Christmas oh. songs to help Christians celebrate Christmas. Right. Although I do have to say, that's a thing of the past. That has a nostalgic yearning that I don't think would happen now. You know, like we're in an era when people do talk about cultural appropriation and why does Helen Mirren put on, you know, a nose to be Golda Meir or whatever. And so there's a little bit of that in there. Like, why is Bruce putting on a, why can't they find a, a Christian person to do that? I don't really know, like, the theory of how cultural appropriation works. But, like, if it's the oppressed category of person doing the thing that usually the oppressor does, is it still culturally mm -hmm. cultural appropriation? Or is it only when the oppressor takes on the role of the oppressed? It is, but it's in that universe of discussion. It's not that Bruce would be culturally appropriating. It's just that we're in, like Bruce is playing the jester in that yes. place. Like Bruce is, Bruce is losing a little bit of his Jewish pride. Wow. So it, it wouldn't be anti-Semitic. It would be Bruce not embracing his Judaism. It would be him capitulating. Another way to see it is like Bruce, Bruce is doing a job. Like Bruce is being a good neighbor. All of this is irrelevant because these holidays are just commercial American holidays and Bruce is having a good time. The idea of using the word jester actually hit me in the gut a little bit, right? There's like a way that like mm -hmm. the Jew is playing into Christian hegemony in a way that doesn't serve the Jews, in a way that sort of allows the Christians to feel, look, the Jews are all part of this too. We are not perpetuating Christian supremacy. We're all part of this endeavor. And it and makes it very distinct than a Jewish doctor working in the hospital on Christmas Day. Right, right. So it's the final hour. Yes or no? I think 100% yes. If we're using the term mitzvah in the widest sense, in the way that many modern Orthodox families nowadays go trick-or-treating on Halloween, even though terrible things have been done to the Jews on Halloween in years past, for the sake of the community, and in the same mm -hmm. way, what Bruce is doing is for the sake of the community. It's not a mitzvah in the technical sense of the term. It's a mitzvah in the colloquial English understanding of a good deed for the community. That being said, this conversation with all of its digressions, Hana, did make me have a lot more compassion for Bruce's sister and daughter than when I first read mm -hmm. this letter. What they're saying has some basis in, I think, even contemporary American society when so often Jewish identity is erased in favor of some larger good. Yeah. And I have to say, that's my stark impression when I, especially when I moved from New York to DC, I was a little heartbroken by that, even though I don't care that much about Hanukkah. In New York, everybody makes sure to put the <laughs> the Hanukkah up and to recognize. And I just thought like, oh, well, everyone in the world is 50% Jewish when I was a kid in the way that a lot of New York kids do. And then I came here and it's like Christmas music in DC everywhere, Christmas trees everywhere. And I actually did not think it was that cool. Like it did make me feel like, wait, what? This is not a Christian country. So I do sympathize with that feeling of being swallowed. Okay. I think it's time to call Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Fortunately, you know, this, the video doesn't show up on the podcast. Uh, somebody did tell me recently that I'm a great radio face. <laughs> 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 
I was trying to decide whether you have a Santa Claus face. I was like, yeah, I, I see it. I see white hair. I mean, you definitely need the costume. You know, you don't have a big white beard or anything like that. I could show you a couple of pictures if you want to see them. Yeah. Can you see this? Get out. Oh, my God, Bruce, you are all in. Bruce looks amazing. He's sitting in a Santa Claus chair. It is a first-class Santa Claus costume, belt buckle, giant beard, white hand raised, black boots, and snow in the background. There's rimless glasses there, too. (laughs) Oh, rimless glasses. Get out. Get out. That's incredible. So I think one thing we can say with certainty that Bruce is committed to the act. I've been out in Redstone now for uh, six or seven Christmases, and I think uh, I've been Santa Claus probably five of them. You know, it's uh, something I enjoy. So let me tell you, Bruce, we discussed this question with great earnestness and in great detail. Uh, Initially, I think particularly Rabbi Shira was a little dismissive of the concerns of your daughter and sister. Like, of course he can be Santa Claus. As we got into the discussion, we started to take those concerns a little more seriously for a couple of reasons. One is just the atmosphere right now. There's so much sensitivity to essentially Jews not being seen, Jews being ignored, their pains and needs being ignored. It's just kind of a heightened era of sensitivity to being Jewish and what it means to be Jewish in America. The second reason is that Shira, because she's a rabbi, has a lot of knowledge of Jewish texts. And there are actually historically plenty of warnings against doing this kind of thing. You know, be careful. It's dangerous. Don't get yourself in a situation where you're essentially capitulating to the idol worshipers. It's dangerous for Jews. There is a lot of textual baggage saying don't do it. And then we wound back around, and Shira will explain why, saying, you know what, but it's it's okay. Like, we sided with you on the mitzvah side. Yeah, I think, um, look, Bruce, here's the thing. For a lot of Jewish history, this wouldn't have been kosher, but we are living in a unique period of Jewish history in which we feel the freedom to be of service to our Christian brothers and six sisters as they celebrate their holiday, which is not necessarily ours. And so we landed on the, this is good for the Jews in the way that it sort of helps us meet our neighbors. You are from, I see from your t-shirt, you are from Redstone, Colorado. Population what, Bruce? How many people in your town? Slightly north of 100. Okay. (laughs) You know, and and for what it's worth, to that point, I've also been the Easter Bunny for what it's worth. Um, You know, a a large part of what happens here is only through volunteerism. So people count on people helping each other out. You know, I I have no concerns about being somehow sucked into the whole Christian ethic because I'm I'm doing this. I I mean, it's not that at all. I'll tell you one story. I had a kid come up to me this year and, you know, sat on my knee, told me what she wanted. And uh, after she started to walk away and the grandpa said to the girl, isn't there something else you want to say to him? And she turned around and said, oh, Santa Claus, happy Hanukkah. <laughs> so, so, so it's it's like it's a funny uh, cross pollination, I guess, uh, with the girl who was only three. She'd been starting to help set the table and getting herself dressed a little bit and this and that. But the problem was. 
the continuing use of a binky. So, you know, when I congratulated her on the big girl stuff she was doing, according to uh, the elf on top of the tree, I said, but I've got a problem. She goes, what? I said, I've got so many little kids who need binkies and I don't have enough of them. And I pulled out a little cotton bat and a lined box. She put the binky in there so fast, she never asked for the binky again. I like this because it's really different from being Santa like at the mall, mm, yeah. you know, like Shira, I feel yeah. like your your sense that it, it actually was a mitzvah is confirmed in these stories yeah. because it is being Santa in a really small town where whatever theoretical, hypothetical, historical <laughs> issue there is with Jews and Christmas, this actually on the ground, real experience of embedding yourself with your neighbors and small favors and sort of getting to know the children and the parents getting to know you seems so much more tactile and real. So I feel like it's the right thing. And notice that that one kid who knew that Santa was Jewish, right? So even there, that sort of like, that sort of helps to sort of build a sense of community among different kinds of people. It's kind of beautiful. I feel like this is really the spirit of Christmas, Bruce. Well, I think the happiest sound any any human can hear is kids laughing. I, I just love it. And, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here with two or 300 kids in my lap in the course of an evening. The one thing I try to do with them, you know, you ask them, have they been good this year? And most of them say yes without hesitation. But some of them are kind of shrug because, you know, they don't want to lie to Santa. But I said, here's the deal. You know, we've got a couple of weeks before Christmas. If you're very good and you listen to what mom and dad say, we can probably make something happen for you. And hopefully that makes everybody's life better. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned more about what happens when someone goes to visit Santa from this last conversation with Bruce than in my first 50 years of life. Like I never knew what happened. So I just learned a lot. All right. This is very helpful to me. Um, Bruce, who we now know is both Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. Thank you so much for being on Chutzpah and for being of service to your community. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure being here. And, you know, hopefully if I can have my daughter and my sister listen to it, maybe they'll feel a little bit differently about the criticism. Yeah, I was really hoping you two Jews would say Merry Christmas to each other. But <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> much better. Well, that was amazing. Thank you to Santa Claus slash Easter Bunny slash Bruce. (laughs) If you're ever in Colorado, you can go visit him at the Redstone Cliffs Lodge. Thank you also to associate producer Heather Marie Vitali. Robin Lynn produced this episode. Thank you to PRX for distributing it. As always, please remember to send us all your best life questions at chutzpod at gmail.com. I'm Hannah Rosen. I'm Rabbi Shira Stutman. Merry Christmas to all those who celebrate. We'll see you next time.